0: You got a Bible with you tonight? Uh, I'd like to touch on a a, a thing here briefly, and then let's act on it. We've been uh, believing the Lord to develop on these Friday nights of learning how to yield to the Spirit. Go to John 3, if you would, John, the third chapter. Holy Spirit services. And that covers a lot of ground. You don't have to be singing or praising or worshiping to have a move of the Spirit. Now, it's a good good way to get started. It's a good thing to do, but it's not limited to that. The Spirit of God, we see in the Bible, uh, fell on Christ who was at Cornelius' household, yes, while Peter had just was just introducing his message. Yeah. In fact, he got interrupted. Yes. I'll take that interruption anytime. How about you? Yes. And uh, we see the Spirit of God manifesting and moving suddenly at different times and ways than the people planned or thought. And that's uh, a whole big part of of what this is, we we don't just want to come uh, together and look at each other and be aware of you and, and me. We want to be aware of Him, don't we? Yes, and I want to touch on something. Uh, you know, We to, don't have a lot of time to, to dwell on it, and yet it is so hugely important. Some things perhaps you already know. But it's not what you know, it's what we act upon. If we're going to have Holy Spirit service, notice Holy Spirit, Spirit. If we're not aware of the Spirit and the realm of the Spirit, how are we going to have Holy Spirit services? John 3, did you you find that? John 3. Now let me just, you know, different people are thinking different things. Um, we say, well, you know, if this is so important, why would you spend so much time on the offering? And why didn't you just jump right to this? Because people are hurting in their finances. And People have been wrongly trained that you got natural life and business and you got church. And really, they too have nothing to do. You got spiritual things and you got natural things. And that you get helped with spiritual things at church, but not really natural things. Oh no. No. This is the victory that overcomes the whole world. Amen. Even our faith. Yes. And faith. For overcoming financially comes just like faith in any other realm. It comes by hearing the Word. Right? And when everybody has got everything paid off and just doing wonderful and amazing and sowing into the kingdom of God in a blazing fashion, maybe our offerings will last 15 seconds. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody said, well, i believe it when I see it. <laughs> well, you said the same thing about the first service. No, we want to follow the leading of the Lord. We want, to, we want to yield me, Phyllis, you, singers, players, ushers, children's workers, everybody in every part of the service, everywhere. We want to learn how to yield to the Spirit. Here's a definition of yield I think is helpful. What does it mean to yield to the Spirit? Act on the promptings of the Spirit. Act on the promptings and you'll be yielding. John 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You got flesh? And you got spirit. Flesh begets flesh. Spirit begets spirit. What do we want? We want spirit. We've had a whole lot of flesh. At home, on the job, and sadly many times throughout our life in church. (laughs) But we want what? Come on, tell me what we want. We we want spirit. And it's... I don't know, what's the word... So many times what people call spirit is actually flesh. You know, when you boil it down, running and screaming and shaking and jerking and sweating and how many know that that in and of itself is just flesh. Now people respond different ways to the spirit of God and that's one thing we need to learn. Is more than one way to respond. I, I went to this church. It's been years ago. Phyllis already knows what I'm about to say. Every time. Big church. Every time you'd start to speak and the anointing would begin to get a little stronger, this guy would jump up and scream and run around the room. Every time. Well, it happened one service, and it happened the next service, and it happened the next. you begin to sense the anointing and the presence of God begin to get a little stronger, and I'd think, Uh oh. <laughs> and sure enough, he'd jump up and holler and run around the room. And the guy was uh, he, he was pretty far along in years. Every time we went. And I kept thinking, Well, maybe he's a visitor. I don't know, why, why didn't the pastor say something to this guy? Because, I mean, it really disrupted the service. And uh, when I, I thought about it for a moment, it came up in my spirit what happened. And later on I asked the pastor, because I wanted to see if I was right or not. If you get it from the Lord, you know it's right. And uh, I, it came up in my heart that years ago, the Spirit of God had moved for people to run. And he had jumped up and ran, and, and, and it just broke out. And everybody else jumped up and ran, and they had a great service. But then for the following 938 times, <laughs> <laughs> it was just him in the flesh actually disrupting the service, hurting the service, not helping it. But it was the only way... He knew how to respond to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now we must develop past that, mustn't we? Yes. I know uh, Brother Hagen said something uh, about training us in, in the past. And when he said it, I thought, Did he train me? Because he he announced it to a crowd that he did. And i praying about it later. The Lord began to show me. Certainly he did. Because I thought if somebody trained you, you sat down one-on-one with them and got to ask them personal questions and them answer you in one-on-one, one-on-one. That's all I knew. Uh, Later years, I had some of that. But at that time, no, none. And that's why I thought it sounded strange. He trained me, and the Lord began to show me. Well, certainly He did. In that seat, in that seat, day after day after day, He said, "It's not flesh you want to know; it's spirit." And, and so many times the anointing is stronger on people. Not when you're in the back room with them somewhere. It's in the service when the Spirit of God's moving and things are going on. That's what you want to know. Not flesh. No. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so many people bless their hearts. All they want to do is take up half your day and talk and talk and talk and get offended if you don't act like you got two days to spend with them. But you know, if we're about the Master's business, we don't have that to waste on flesh. So much of what people think is spiritual is just flesh. And the Lord began to show me. And I saw, and He brought to my uh, remembrance thing after thing after thing. I would sense the Lord wanted to do something. But I didn't know what it was. I'd sense His presence. And then I'd see Him interpret it. And go, this is what we need to do. And He'd do it, and you could tell it was right. The anointing just got stronger. And without realizing, how many understand, you're learning volumes, watching that, and hearing that, and seeing that. And and we were being trained, me and many others, being trained. Now, he said, what's flesh is flesh, what's spirit is spirit. What's born of flesh is flesh, born of spirit is spirit. He said, John 4, 23, and don't don't turn there, just listen. Hours coming when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the Father seeks such to worship Him. God is a spirit. Say it out loud. God is a spirit. Actually, I guess the word A is, is added there. God is spirit. He is spirit. You know, the Father, we have no record that He has a flesh body. Jesus does. But the Father is not flesh. The Holy Spirit is not flesh. That's why sometimes it's hard for people to to understand that He's a person, because their only concept of a person is somebody confined to a corporal form, in a physical body. The Holy Spirit manifests Himself as wind, yeah. like wind. Remember the Bible said, "Like a rushing mighty wind." Yeah. Didn't say He is wind. He's manifested Himself. As fire, light, smoke. And when you when you hear those kind of things or read those kind of things, a lot of times people's natural mind go, Well, and they refer to the Holy Spirit as it. Because we think of smoke as it. Wind is it. And we think to be a person you have to have a head and eyes and two arms and two legs and be confined to this little spot we call a body. He's not. And yet he's a person. A knowable person. Just like you or any other person you've ever met. He's a person, and yet he is spirit. And the Bible teaches us in this very passage, John 3, that the spirit is like the wind. You feel the wind, but you didn't see the wind. You saw the effects of the wind, but you didn't see the wind. And you didn't know where the wind came from to get to you. It could have come from over here and turned. You don't know where it went when it left you. Somebody said, "Well, it's a it's a it's a southeast wind." You know, I'm a pilot, so we're always interested in in, in wind. You got to know which way the wind's blowing before you land, before you take off. And uh, the thing is, they said it's coming out. It's 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 from heading three three zero. Well, that was when they said it. Time you land, <laughs> right? I mean, how many know the wind is? We we try to figure out where it's coming from, but it's a tough thing to pin down. The Spirit of God. Where's He coming from? Where's He going? What's He doing? Can we know Him? Can we know Spirit? Can we experience Spirit? Go with me to 1 Corinthians. I've got to abbreviate this. 1 Corinthians 8. I'm going to read Jeremiah to you while you're finding that. Put up for me, please, Jeremiah 9.23 on the screen. And you guys are going to 1 Corinthians 8. Jeremiah 9.23. says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. And don't let the rich man glory in his riches. Verse 24. But let him the glories... Glory in this. In what? How strong I am. How much I know. How much power and money I've got. How much ability I've got. Influence. Glory in what? What's worth glorying in? That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord that exercise love and kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. We have a desire we, and we should have a, a, just a tremendous desire to know Him. I said to know Him. That's what these Friday night Holy Ghost services are about. Knowing Him. You already know me. Hmm? I already know you a little bit. Well, you don't know me very well. Do you need to know me? (laughs) How much about your flesh do I need to know? Hmm? i tell you what we do need to know. I need to know Him. You need to know Him. We need to know Him. Him. Can we grow in this until He becomes so real to us that He's more real than you or me to each other? And that it's real that He is saying things in the service? He is doing things in the service? He's here. And He's speaking. And He's moving and He's doing. He's healing. He's touching. He's delivering. He's answering questions. He's delivering. Yokes are being destroyed. Burdens are being removed. And He's doing it. He's doing it. But you and I have a challenge. We've lived in flesh. So we know flesh. We're used to looking at each other. We're used to talking about ourselves. And each other. And being acutely, sometimes nauseatingly, only aware of each other and flesh. Y'all got time for this tonight or not? What must we become aware of? I'm telling you, friend, we get aware enough of Him, you will forget the clock. You will forget yesterday and tomorrow. Yes. You'll forget your sandwich at home. <laughs> and the news. And what time you want to go to bed. Come on now. You, you get aware enough of Him. Do you desire this? Yes. It's important that you do. It's not enough that I desire it. Our Phyllis desires it. And part of the staff desires it. That's not enough. If we don't have a goodly portion of you on board... But if enough of us get hungry and thirsty, those that hunger and thirst will be filled. Somebody say, Glory to God. Glory Glory in this, that He understands and knows me. 1 Corinthians 8. Once you find First John, we'll turn from one to the other. First John four. We'll go from First Corinthians eight to First John four. First Corinthians eight. If you, just, you know, if you just can't take anymore and you think, well, I'm, I'm tired, I'm wore out, it's okay. You can leave. You'd be better off leaving than being upset and staying. Um, of course, you could miss something. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about tonight. It's just a way of life. 1 Corinthians 8, 1. As touching things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. Love edifies, you could say, builds up. Knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. Would you rather be puffy or built up? Puffed up? Are built up. <laughs> Verse two: If any man think that he knows anything, now who does this apply to? Anybody, anybody. And, and whatever they think they know. Any anybody and anything they think they know. What? He knows nothing yet as he ought to know. You know, I used to hear Brother Hagin say this all the time before he went home. He said, the more you learn, uh, the less you see you knew. And boy, I'm, I'm beginning to taste that a little bit. I'm telling you, God is big. We say it, but we don't know what we're talking about. God Is big. He's keeping every star in the universe burning. He's aware of all the millions that have lived before and are living now and shall live past this. He sees the end from the beginning. He is so big. You begin to get glimpses of his fastness. And you begin to feel like a little speck on top of the speck at the base of the Rocky Mountains. And yet, getting a glimpse of that, we're one among billions. And yet, he knows you. He knows your name. He knows what kind of pie you like (laughs) and what kind of shoes you like. He knows every hair on your head, your dreams, your desires. Mm. But He's not flesh, He's spirit. If you want to know more of him and touch more of him and experience more of him, we have to be less aware of flesh and more aware of spirit. If any man thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. But if any man, what? Now here it is. Here's the word for the moment, brother. If any man what? Love. Love God. The same is known of Him. There's a big difference, my friend, from knowing about God or loving God. I said, there is a huge difference from knowing about God. We live in a heady, intellectual, skeptical, analytical generation in the information age. Remember? Hmm? <sighs> and there's been a thrust of learning learning about god learning about god learning about god and god raised up the teaching ministry that was rare in days past had almost been lost he raised it up he anointed men and women and he has broadcasted around the world And the teaching of the Word, not dry, dead, heady teaching, anointed teaching of living Word, has come out and gone forth year after year after year now. And some have thought that's all there is. Let's come have a seminar. Let's come have a meeting and learn more about God. But no, that's not all. That's not the ultimate. That's not what things build to. There are those who learn about God, who know about God, and there are those who experience God and know not just about God, but know God. And He is Love. And if you know Him, you know love. Not just about love, experience love. And so we're in a day where the experience of God is beginning to be manifest. And where many will not just learn about Him, but will begin to love Him with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, all their strength. And they won't just think about God on Sunday morning for a couple of hours. And they won't just say, hmm, I learned an interesting thing about the Lord this week. But they'll get up in the morning and they'll say, Lord, I love you, I love you. I love you with all my heart, God, you're so amazing. I love you, and they will love Him in the morning, and they'll love Him in the midday, and they'll love Him all day and all night, and because they love Him so, He will be first in their life. Because they love Him, they will obey Him. And keep His commandments. Because they love Him, they will also love those that are begotten of Him. And they'll love their brother and sister with that love they love Him with. And it'll flow from Him to them. And that love will flow back from them to Him. And that love will flow from Him through them to others. And they'll not just know about God. They'll not just have closets full of CDs. They'll not just have notebooks full of notes about God. They will experience the length, the breadth, the depth, the height. They will experience the love of God that passes knowledge. Somebody say, Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God. Come on, lift your hands and tell tell Him you love Him right now. Lord, we love You. We love You from our hearts. We love You with our being that You've given us. We love You with our heart and with our soul and our feelings and our emotions and with our mind and understanding and with our body, we love you with all of our being. We love you first. You're our first love. You're our first place. We love you above everybody. We love you above everything. We love you above our own life. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Tell the Lord you love Him. Stand up on your feet. Oh, Lord, we love you. We worship you. We love you. We worship you. Come on, forget about everybody around about you. Forget about your body for a few minutes. Tell the Lord you love Him. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh, we worship you. 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 Come on, don't look around. Forget about everything and everybody. Focus on Him. Focus on Him. He said, if you're gathered together in my name, there I am. There I, there am I in the midst of you. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, we worship you. Oh Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah.